We'll be heading on a bus to Orlando to fly to New Orleans tomorrow with baseball. I guess there's been some cancellation situations coming out of Tampa either way. That's the route we'll be getting to Tulane eventually and, of course, bringing you the three-game set this weekend. We will be bringing you the two bookend games for the softball series against Wichita State. There's simply no way we could have done the game for you on Saturday due to the fact that baseball is playing in the afternoon Spring football is happening with, again, a pregame at 5 o'clock. We only have two channels. We couldn't do it. (laughs) But also, all of our personnel that could be calling the game is going to be tied up with yours truly on baseball and everybody else on the football broadcast. And when I mean everybody else, Jay Retcher, who will be calling the softball action back in Tampa on Sunday, will be part of our sideline crew. He and Joey Johnston will be one on the green, one on the white sidelines. Jim Lighthall will be helping Jay at halftime with the play-by-play of the flag football game. And we're going to have Jim and Sam as your announcers. Last year, if you'll recall, there was a video stream of the game. And so Jim Lighthall and myself, along with Jay on the sidelines, did our own independent radio broadcast. And it was fine and fun. But the accustomed voice of the Bulls when it comes to the radio side of things, Jim Lauk is who you're going to hear. So again, no video stream of this, only audio. And we're ready to bring that to you on Saturday. So the baseball game on Friday night will be on Bulls Unlimited. It'll switch to Bulls Unlimited 2 with football on Unlimited Saturday. And then back on Unlimited Sunday, softball will be on Bulls Unlimited Friday and probably on the second channel Sunday. We'll get it all mapped out for you. If there's any confusion, we can clear that up for you easily, not only on this show, but on our Twitter page. Follow us at Bulls Unlimited. Some baseball highlights in just a little bit. But let's tell you about women's golf right now. As a team, the Bulls finished in the middle of the pack at the ECU Ironwood Invitational at the Ironwood Country Club there in Greenville, North Carolina. But let me tell you, the sophomore Melanie Green just keeps on finishing near the top of the leaderboard. She was tied for third. It's her fifth top five finish this season. Not a lot of players under par at this event. She was one of just seven to do so, and she got there by firing her only under par round of two under 70 on Tuesday. One under was her total, just one off the lead. Basically, you had a big cluster of golfers that was contending for the individual medalist. In fact, outside of the top 10 were a couple of golfers that won over par and only three shots off the lead. Kristen Eisenbeis and Mary Catherine Toledo of UNF and College of Charleston, respectively, finished at two under par. Eisenbeis is the one that torched the course with a seven under par 65 to get there. And if you're figuring it out, yeah, and UNF had a pretty good day where everyone was toiling at par or well above. The Ospreys went from 10th to tied for fifth with a 12 under par round on Tuesday. No one else shot under par. They were 12 under par, but they had too much of a hole to overcome. In fact, they were the second highest ranked team in the field, and the one that they ended up tied for fifth with, Campbell, was the other top 50 team in the field. The winner was the College of Charleston, the only team that finished under par, two below. Then it was Charlotte at five over. James Bannison finished third at seven over. The host East Carolina was eight over. Then you had the two ranked teams at 11 over. Seventh place was Ohio State, and then the Bulls at 21 over par finished in eighth place in a field of 13. But Melanie Green on this day, very steady, three birdies, one bogey. And she was actually joined by teammate Juliana Camargo 
with a two under 70. Those were the only two under par rounds that the Bulls had. So Green tied for third with several other golfers at one under par, finishing seven over for the second best Bulls score was Camargo. Then 10 over for her three days was Ashley Zagers, and just one shot exactly behind her were both Morgan Baxendale and Anna Maria Bariga. Now, the next thing for the Bulls happens to be the conference tournament in a couple of weekends. We'll be talking to the members of the team next week to get you ready for that. Softball back to the weekly honors for Georgina Corrick. Six out of seven after, of course, the UCF's Gianna Mancha kind of earned the nod over Corrick for beating the Bulls a couple of times and beating Corrick a couple of times. But when you pitch and start in all three games in the weekend and you win them all and you spin a no-hitter and, yeah, you get the most career victories in the American Athletic Conference ever, that was that no-hitter giving her 100 and she ends up with 101. On Sunday, big time opponent coming to town this weekend in Wichita State, whose player of the week, by the way, Addison Bernard, all she did was hit five homers last week with 14 RBI. They are pretty good. Speaking of homering, two of them in the series hitting 500 herself landed Desiree Maldonado on the American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll. Congratulations there. Well, last night was not good for the baseball team. They continue to be mired in just kind of a little bit of a down part in their season. Now, not that long ago, in fact, this time last week, we were on a six-game winning streak, so it's not far removed. But after a weekend where they struggled to score, they did not struggle to score last night. They just could not keep UNF off the board. The Ospreys had two guys with four hits and 20 hits as a team to win 13-10. to The Bulls were down 3-0 after a half inning as Tyler Dietz got his first start and he had struggles with control. Bulls never caught up. They got it to 3-2 with runs in the first and the third inning. Carmine Lane doubled and Ben Rosenblum whacked a double off the wall in the first. But in both innings, the Bulls loaded the bases after they had scored their initial run and could not get that next hit to take the lead. And every time the rest of the way that the Bulls would score a run, the Ospreys would answer. UNF had two homers, including one that, well, defies logic. UNF's been able to dance out of trouble a couple of times. Ooh, that ball is drilled to left field. Could that be a second career home run? Unbelievable. The man who hit his only career home run against the Bulls for a walk-off puts it into just about the same spot down the left field line. The wind is blowing out. No doubt that helped. But Aiden Sweat loves hitting the balls. It is four to two. Brock Edge, the Gator transfer, who is flourishing at UNF. He had all of 10 ABs the last two seasons combined for the Gators. Makes it five to two. It would be six two going into the bottom of the six when the Bulls got back into the game for the first time. Two and two. Hits that ball high but got underneath it, sending back edge to left field. Could that be sailing out of here? Are you kidding me now? It finally, thank you, wind, comes to the Bulls' aid. I mean, Brock Edge tracked that ball as though he wasn't even going to get to the track. I mean, it was hit really hard, but the way it's been going for the Bulls tonight, you're thinking, well, he's going to get to the track and make a catch. No, sir. Drew Brutcher gets the wind-aided two-run homer, his 10th of the year, and the Bulls are back in it. It's 6-4, to four, and they need that. 
Really felt like a turnaround moment until it wasn't because UNF scored five runs in the top of the seventh. Various drips and drabs of balls that could have been caught or could have been held to singles that ended up being doubles. And in one case, Jackson Mayo just missed a catch and maybe making a play at the plate on a would-be sack fly and misplayed it into a triple. So it was going like that. It was 11-4. to Then they pulled out Jason Gonzalez, who had been their most effective pitcher, and the next reliever walked a couple of balls, Matt Ruiz singles, so at least they're starting to get back into it. And then again, they really got back into it. Two and one. Oh, Lane destroys that ball to left field. Edge is going back on it, and it's off the bottom of the wall. Two runs will score. They are going to send Cantu. There's going to be a play at the plate. It's a good throw, but he gets underneath that. A bases clearing double. I said this is it. Carmine Lane just put the balls back in it. It's 11-8, third double of the night. Brutcher follows up with a bloop single, and at 11-9, you felt good. But again, UNF had an immediate answer. They would score one in the eighth. Bulls would get one back and had a couple on in the ninth, but stranded them, they would strand 11. But you can get all the offense you want if you're giving up 20 hits. You are not getting it done pitching-wise. The Bulls needed to use six pitchers to cover the last three innings in this game. UNF had its number three and its number four batters both pick up four hits. Leinenbach, who had one RBI coming in, had three. That gives you an idea of how it went. The Bulls, of course, did get some nice offensive nights. Lane and Brutcher combined for six RBI at the top of the lineup, and Nelson Rivera added a couple of RBI hits. But they're going to have to turn it around in New Orleans this weekend. And oh, by the way, during that five-run top of the seventh, and we are replaying the game a couple of times if you want to listen to it, Keanu Jacobs-Guichard got injured trying to make a play. We'll try and get an update for you on tomorrow's show. Today, thanks to one of our Twitter followers, as we were you know, without baseball on Saturday, I put out some requests for some replays of classic football, and one was for the 2013 win against Cincinnati. Didn't ring a bell until I realized it was Willie Taggart's first win now. It was very strange. No offensive touchdowns for the Bulls, and they only put up three points in the second half, but it was still entertaining, and we will debut that for you on Wednesday afternoon on the channel. That'll do it for the Wednesday show. Again, a trio of newcomers to the football team will be spotlighted on the Thursday program. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.